gentlemen, first off, Juice, the juicy one, Dr. Davis, the doctor of nerdonomics, Mr. Davis, if you will, Rev, good to have you guys back for season two finale of Mando. Yay. And Round Christmas. of applause. Christmas is just around the corner. So I thought it would be cool to have a bad cast company Christmas special. I know Star mm-hmm. Wars and Christmas special usually doesn't go well together. <laughs> but so For I thought, yes, the Patreon people will have a first shot at this. But what would you say as a Christmas gift? We also stream this on Brewing Up Rants podcast and 30 and Nerdy podcast. It's the season two finale. It was a mind-blowing finale. And I just think it'd be great. What do you think? Hey, why not? I think it'd be fun. So on the main show. Yes, like on it. the main the shoe. I gotta say, it's been very very fulfilling to do this with the two of you this Mando Monday, but it feels like it just flew by. Yeah. Can't believe it's over. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Season two happened way too fast. Now we have to wait a year. Uh-huh. But we will have things like WandaVision and other Disney Plus shows and the Snyder Cut to talk about, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But let's get into it. Season 2, Episode 8, The Rescue, directed by Peyton Reed, aired this past Friday, scored a 9.9 out of 10. It was robbed of that uh, tenth of a point there. Mm. Mm. Is that the me. highest thing we've ever rated? Yes. Or like seen rate? Uh-huh. This is the highest thing. I've never seen a 10.10, 10, 10 out of 10 on IMDb for anything. Hmm. I've never seen a 10 out of 10 for anything. Any nearly Oscar perfect. Movie. How can you be nearly perfect? <laughs> Season two uh, came to its conclusion past Friday. We basically, we, we saw them. They've gotten the location of Moff Gideon's cruiser. He sent out this, this crazy holotape warning. Don't know. It was a smart strategy, but it was badass. Um, mm-hmm. He's back. We see that he's backed up by this badass crew, Cara Dune, Boba Fett, and Fennec Shan. So it's very easy to get excited going in. We're already excited going into this. It was, uh, like I said, entitled The Rescue and is another Marvel Cinematic Universe double whammy, if you will. It was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed Ant-Man and its sequel and written by the genius John Favreau, who directed the first two Iron Man movies. They were kind of an MCU collab going on again. And they also worked together on the foggy second episode of this season as well. I would say this was a, their better outing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just by a little bit. Just a little bit. So initial thoughts of this. Uh, Juice, what do you think? Initial thoughts. Uh, I would say... The thing that I've probably said three or four times this season, this is my new favorite episode. <laughs> and uh, I feel that I'm not exaggerating when I say that this episode contained one of the greatest Star Wars moments that we've ever gotten. Uh, I, I'd say it's definitely for me, like in the top five Star Wars moments of all time. Rev? I agree, man. It was super cool. I know you give me a hard time, you guys do, about no-selling, but even when I was sitting in the chair, then he just, the X-Wing comes out, and then you see the saber, and you're just like, oh, my God, we wanted this for so long. 
and that's one of my knocks on you know the, the sequels because you don't really get to see like a master Jedi Luke moment, and they gave it to us. The deity. It was very tasty. Mm, it was tasty. So a few I, I only brought in two reviews. There were so many reviews online. Who is the point one? Let's get that review in here. I think I found him. <laughs> um, first off, the good. Do you want the good or the bad? The good. Let's do the good. Jack Shepard at Total Film Magazine have this to say. This year has been terrible for so many reasons, but The Mandalorian Season 2 has not been one of them. Bring on Mandalorian Season 3, The Book of Boba, Ahsoka Tano, Rangers of the New Republic. I am ready for it. Thank you, Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Now for the bad. (laughs) Tyler Hershko of IndieWire had this to say. Chapter 16, The Rescue, is essentially the big-budget CGI equivalent of watching a small child smash their collection of action figures into one another. It's messy, incoherent, and utterly mindless. But hey, at least the kid's having fun. (laughs) Good lord, man. Clearly not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, like, is he not there for the, uh, like, the whole movie sets of struggle? I guess the OG3, you witnessed that struggle and the growth, and this is the payoff. Like, it's not just culminated in, like, you know, five minutes at the end of this episode. It's your entirety of your Star Wars career is, like, almost coming to a head right here. So it's not, it's not thrown together. I had to read this two or three times just to see, like, do I have dyslexia? Is he really saying what I think he's saying? And I read on and he, I didn't put his entire review because it was just so smarmy and so bad. And I was like, did he watch the same thing we watched? Good God. He had nothing good to say about the whole Luke thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, that's the first Mm-mm. person I've, I've heard say anything bad about it. And we I haven't looked very hard though. In our live, uh, in our live reaction video that's on Patreon now, you know, we said that there will be some bad. You know, there's always some bad talk. There's always trolls. There's always ugh, mm-hmm. people. I um, would think it would be the uh, like the face turn. That's the only thing I thought initially would be like if you're nitpicky, mm-hmm. like that would be what people would complain about. But I've heard nobody say anything bad about mm-hmm. it. But the thing is, is I don't see how you can complain about it in this episode if you didn't complain about it the other six or seven times we've seen them use it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just, I hope for his sake he's at least consistent in his reviews of everything else he does. I hope he's as much of an asshole. He's bringing him on. And he's just a heel. For, he hates everything. He just hates it all. He's so what did like, you think about Endgame? Ass, next... <laughs> What did you think about Joker? Ass next. <laughs> what did you think about Schindler's List, Tyler Hershko of IndieWire? Ass next. I mean, does that not take you back, Juice? Does that not kind of like put you in like just shock? I I just can't believe that. Like, how can you be a Star Wars fan and not be giddy about that whole episode? Wow. I mean, Star Wars fans that's a, not a bad analogy with the action figures because that's what star Wars kids used to do. Like you did that with your action figures. Absolutely. You see it come to life with a multi million dollar budget and you've got Luke Skywalker showing up 
and just tearing through these robots like uh, what what's what's the what bad part about this set up that scenario when they were a kid yeah just you know just you set up your your miscellaneous gi joe's over here and there's like 10 of them and they're all in different places anyone who had a jedi action figure of any sort obi-wan qui-gon it doesn't matter who it was made their own scene of all right you son of a gun <laughs> of course that it, it appealed to the inner child in us who watched those and were like, well, where does Luke go after this? But not to mention that, but like such a, such a great payoff and ending to the story or for now, at least of Mando and baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. That was, that was so satisfying, such a great ending for them for now. Uh, yeah. All of it was just perfect i mean what more could you possibly have wanted from from an episode and from the ending of a story i don't know so i read that and i i see he's not a fan of star wars possibly i mean maybe he's just doing his job and he's like i have to review it but i'm not a fan so this is what it looked like to me some people are just that cynical man you mm-hmm. know he wanted it to be ray Oh, <laughs> it should have been right. It should have been nice window. It should have been the ghost of Yoda. It should have been one of those kids who survived. <laughs> it should have been Jar Jar Binks. Duck, Sith, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> he needed his own redemption story. It should have been him. <laughs> I wish it was a Tauntaun. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yes, the hero we deserve. <laughs> the only other fan service you could have given us is the Falcon beaming in. Well, I was expecting when R2 walked in and he kind of stood up, I thought he was going to show like a little hologram, like maybe of Yoda to be like, hey, I've seen somebody like you before. Look, mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, R2 is probably like, oh, shit. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> <laughs> Not this thing. There's Watch back more? Yoda beating him with his cane. Let's get into it. Manic, Mando, Fennec, Shanda, Boba Fett, and Cara Dune must commandeer an Imperial shuttle, nab Dr. Pershing from the clutches of some Imperial officers, and find a way onto the light cruiser where Moff Gideon has Grogu. They succeed in the first step, but not before the pilot lays some more uh, relativism on Cara Dune. He taunts her about being from the destroyed Alderaan a little too soon. And then, when she replies with a Death Star burn, asks, do you know how many millions were killed on those bases? Basically, by his logic, he was just protecting the galaxy from terrorism by serving the Empire and blowing up a planet full of bad guys. Everyone has to find a way to sleep at night, I guess. Not not that the pilot will have to worry about sleeping, of course, because Kara blasts him in the face and uh, keeps him from killing Dr. Pershing. So, Rev, what is your thought 
on the Alderaan joke. Yeah, no, I I think we talked about this in the uh, the live. Like, what does he expect? You're in like a cockpit, and like maybe you want a chance to survive. But I guess like all the Empire have like built in like, hey, if you're ever caught, you're going out. So maybe he was just thinking he had to, you know, bite on the 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 shock molar mm-hmm. or something like that. Anyway, so he's going to get some little jabs in beforehand. And he was just a dick about it. He shot his own co-pilot. Oh, the right off the like, back. I'm not with him. <laughs> it shoots him in the back. Juice, what did you think about the blast of the face? Oh, I thought it was a great moment. I don't think we've ever seen anybody get blasted in the face in Star Wars before, other than like maybe in some comic books and stuff. Straight up headshot. I loved it. it awesome. And I loved that they uh, they got Dr. Pershing's ear and then they went back later on and you could, you could see like some of his ear was scorched off. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Moody. Somebody actually, I learned from Kevin Smith that on every show, every movie, somebody actually has a position where they just sit in the chair the whole time. Continuity? Yeah, and just make yeah. sure there's continuity. Like, I was like, I'd love to have that job. They just sit in yeah. the chair. They have to check the clothes and the props and all that stuff, the angles of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd be good at that, Juice. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't leave any Starbucks cups on the table in the Great Hall. <laughs> Or yeah, or the uh, khaki pants pants guy. Or the khaki pants guy. So from there, it is time to pick up two more old friends. They feel they need to get the job done. Bo-Katan and Tosca Reeves, a.k.a. the boss herself, Sasha Banks. It takes the length of one short, intense FET versus Tosca fight scene to convince them to sign up. But there's a catch. Bo-Katan would like to keep the ship. And maybe Mando could consider helping her retake Mandalore. Oh, and one more thing. Moff Gideon has the Darksaber that will allow her to reclaim the Mandalore throne. She'll be needing that too. It's not going to be easy, as Dr. Pershing explains. There might not be that many human officers aboard Gideon's cruiser, but it is filled with dark troopers. The ultra-efficient droid soldiers who who kidnapped Grogu a couple episodes back. Uh, The human inside was the final weakness to be solved, Pershing explains. And when we see them in action later in the episode, it's clear he's not kidding. The dark troopers don't just combine the best parts of stormtroopers, which I don't know what the best part of a stormtrooper is. There's a lot of them. <laughs> With the best parts of battle droids, uh, the relentless, semi-indestructible opponent. Mando and his pals clearly need a solid plan before heading in. The plan comes courtesy of Bo-Katan, and it involves heading in through the launch portal while the cruiser is in the process of sending out its TIE fighters. Then Mando slipping through the shadows while the rest of the crew wreaks havoc throughout the ship as a distraction. It's so crazy, it just might work. So what do you think about this thing, getting to see Bo-Katan again and Sasha and the little battle oh, they had? Uh, I didn't expect to see him again. Uh, I wasn't too sure. Uh, after we got the news of all the different spinoff shows that we're getting i was kind of thinking oh well maybe this season a lot of things were just like backdoor pilots Mm -hmm. uh so it was nice to see sasha again and she got to she she tried to head on up with boba fett that was really really cool threw in a little bit of wrestle moose looked like a little nice float over ddt onto boba fett by sasha banks uh Mm -hmm. so that was really cool and uh i was happy to see rev yeah anytime you get like a uh snarky standoff 
I uh, love those because Boba was just like, hey, you know who I am? I'm, I'm Boba Fett. So you need to sit down. And then she got unleashed. And that's always, it kind of reminded you of uh, Din and Ahsoka, kind of mm-hmm. just that cool, like, meeting fight. And then just got all of those actions, those action oh, wow. scenes. And we were talking about the guy, yeah. um, like, he, you know, gave up the Empire pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So. I love yeah, that was... the, uh, the moment where Bo-Katan looks at Mando and, or looks at Boba and she's just like, you're not a Mandalorian. I've heard your voice a thousand times. <laughs> and called his father his donor and then brought up the whole clone thing. It's just like, this might be the last voice you hear, princess. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Boba's well, just a badass, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I haven't wanted to mention this, but he's filled out <laughs> since his days at the Sarlacc pit. He's eaten very well. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Well, Boba Thick. <laughs> so from there, it gets a little tricky. Bo-Katan and the others continue to mow through the stormtroopers, though not without a few tense moments, but Mando struggles to take the dark troopers out of the equation letting one slip into the corridor before closing the door. The tremendous trouble he has taking out one dark trooper makes it a little more serious about what if we had to fight all of these dark troopers. However, we get this really badass fight with the Beskar spear, and he impels him through the head. I mean, because this is probably the weakest we've seen Mando in two seasons. Oh, it was brutal when he was... He had him up against the wall, and he was just straight punching him right in the mm-hmm. face. Ooh, 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 that, that hurt. Yes. Or rock'em, sock'ems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it. Yeah. So after he destroys this one, uh, Mando kind of blows the rest of them out the airlock, uh, of course, to never be seen again. I popped for that, though. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Never to be seen again, of course. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. We see them again. Then it's time for the end game. Bo-Katan's band arrives on the deck only to discover that Moff Gideon's nowhere to be found. That's because he's with little Grogu holding the Darksaber over his head in a threatening manner. Fortunately, no. Mando proposes an arrangement. He'll take Grogu and let Gideon go, Darksaber and all. And that's fine by Moff Gideon because in his words, he's already gotten what he wanted from the child. Apparently, Gideon's obtained enough of Grogu's blood that he doesn't need the source anymore. It's in his view, his best shot, to bring order back to the galaxy. That's good news for Grogu and bad news for, well, probably everyone else in the Star Wars universe. The deal, obviously, was short-lived, leading to another very intense fight, uh, one that puts Mando's Beskar armor to the test. Mando prevails, but the scene raises an interesting question. And this is a question for, for both of you. Juice, you can go first. Do you think that he accepted that deal in earnest? Mando, would he really willing to let Bo-Katan get screwed over and Mando, basically Mandalore get screwed over just to save the child? I think so. But I also, I also think, though, that it wasn't his concern. And, and you know, I think that Bo-Katan, he figured, well, Bo-Katan could just handle this herself. I just need the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's necessarily that he he was like, I'll oh, forget Mandalore or whatever. 
But I think he just maybe thought, oh, she can handle it. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the concern in the moment. Because after all, it's Gideon who breaks the deal by striking him in the back. Mm -hmm. Mendo was completely comfortable with the deal. Yeah. So, Rev, do you think he was earnest or do you think he even also subconsciously subconsciously was like, I'm going to screw this guy over? Yeah, I see it. Like, as long as he got the child in his hands, uh, I think he would have done or said anything at that moment. Mm-hmm. Just like, because we've seen his, like, morals change because of the child. So I think that's priority one, then everything falls below it. So Mando wins the battle. Uh, great battle. Great choreography. That was so cool. Fight. Uh, mm-hmm. The way he was wielding the Beskar spear against the Darksaber was fantastic. But uh, as he beats Gideon, he grabs the dark saber, which he does not realize that he owns now because he's bested the wielder in a fight. Those uh, no, he's happy. And he's two and zero in this ship right now. Yes, he is. He's the Undertaker of this ship at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the ship was WrestleMania. He'd be Taker. So when they get back to the to the bridge, uh, Okatan sees that Mando has the dark saber with him. And they basically get this little somewhat of a story from Gideon saying, like, the story is what has the power, not the saber. She can't just give her the dark saber and she'll be able to wield it. She has to beat you. You beat me. She has to beat you in a fight to earn it. You can't just like the elder one. Yes. A lot like the elder one. Yes. This puts a little bit of as, as a fan, you're like, oh, no. That puts a little bit of a, a wrench in the whole plan because Bo-Katan's whole source for this plan was I get the Darksaber back so I can be the Queen of Mandalore again. Mm-hmm. What do you think in Juice? Do you think we see this eventually come to fruition? Are they going to have to fight? I don't know. I, I don't know. I hadn't really put a lot of thought into that, that moment as of yet, uh, even after watching it again. Uh, I don't know because I was just so invested in what followed that mm-hmm. that i didn't really think about it so i don't know i hope not i hope they figure out a way to uh, some way around it i don't know what it would be but i don't want to see bokatan and mando at odds i want mm-hmm. them to be buds so i don't know we'll see possibly i think it'll be like a uh, honor thing like they'll take care of their business it'll be mm-hmm. like this is what we have to do and it's just like a gentleman's duel because you technically don't have to kill the person or what does what it count so like he he has to be beaten in battle not like Mm -hmm. he already gets hurt and then like he's on his deathbed and then she's like okay well i'm gonna put you out of your misery then she kills him then could she have it i don't know i don't know the red tape behind the see that's how yeah (laughs) i say you have to battle Every year, the technicalities, the the sub clause in the contract of the dark saber. I don't know about that. The dark saber must be defended every thirty days, or you will be stripped <laughs> of the dark saber. Especially if you're CM Punk. Unless you're Brock no, Lesnar. Unless you're Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. If Brock Lesnar held the dark saber, we'd never see it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> F five. The dark saber's Lesnar's. See you in ten years, kids. <laughs> so. While we're getting this whole little expose happening here, boom, the dark troopers are back. They did not die being sucked out into space because they are droids. And so we've got this uh, this 
kind of scary moment, standoff moment where they're they're doing the rock 'em sock 'em to the door. Two of them are are just beating in the door, and it's starting to give, and it looks like all hope is lost. As our heroes prepare for a doomed battle with the dark troopers, Gideon mocks their chances, not reckoning on the unexpected arrival of a dark hooded Jedi wielding a familiar looking green lightsaber who arrives in an X-Wing. <laughs> and Red 5 lands in the docking bay and we get this like father, like son moment. Straight out of Rogue One. Almost shot for shot. Luke Skywalker has arrived to save them. Yes, the Luke Skywalker children. Mm. Luke chews through the dark troopers like a dog through a sirloin, then meets up with our heroes after Mando. <laughs> Over the other's objections, Mando says, I said, open the door. Then it's time to say goodbye to Grogu. Maybe for good? Probably not. It certainly seems like they're saying goodbye for a while if not forever, despite Grogu's initial reluctance, Luke says he wants your permission. And that, that kind of like tears at the heartstrings a little bit, like, oh, buddy. And so we get this really heartwarming moment. We've had heartwarming moments with Grogu and Mando, but he takes off his helmet so that Grogu can see his face. And we get the little little baby Yoda hand rubbing his cheek. Aww. And it was it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. he says, I'll see you again. I promise. I love you 3000. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a heart tugging moment. It really is. So top it. Star Wars. You get his cry and stuff. <laughs> top it off. No stranger to Grogu's kind. R2D2 shows up. They they take Grogu. And it's Grogu with the bat. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's about to leave, we get the pivotal line. May the force be with you. I had a lot of goose pimples in these last five minutes of this episode. But when he turned around and looked at him and said, May the force be with you, because it is Mark Hamill kids. Uh, OG aged the OG Luke Skywalker um, and we get to see tears in Mando's eyes as they're walking to the elevator and they stand oh, up it was so sad. and the elevator closes and cool and goes, sad screen goes to black juice what do you think uh, I was just so satisfied mm-hmm. this season has given me so many things that I wanted uh, from Boba Fett to the Slave One to Ahsoka to Luke Skywalker mowing oh, through the droids. And, you know, I had mentioned, like you did just now, the, the parallel, like it mirrored that scene at the end of Rogue One with Vader going down the hallway, killing all the rebel soldiers and everything. And we got the same thing, but with Luke. 
And that was the moment everybody talked about from Rogue One, like oh, mm-hmm. the, the awesome Darth Vader moment, and then getting that from Luke, you know. And I, I said on Facebook, "Don't ever tell me that Disney ruined Star Wars ever again. I never want to hear that again." Okay, it's fine to be unhappy with the sequels, whatever. And because I gotta admit, like my feelings toward the sequels may maybe be affected a little bit after getting this. Mm-hmm. I defend them a lot, okay? I don't think they're the greatest thing in the world, but I defend them a lot because I think they're okay. And I think it's so dramatic when people are like, oh, it ruins Star Wars. It ruins Star Wars. Watch The Mandalorian, and if you're a true Star Wars fan, there's no way that you can say that Disney didn't do right by the Star Wars fans. But this is one show in the franchise. Are you willing to bank saying that after a successful show did it save everything that was bad about the sequels just this moment i think that it made a lot of people happy because he gave them that luke skywalker moment that they were hoping for you know and i think that that helps a lot but i didn't have a problem with that to begin with because it was luke at the end of his story Hmm. and i was satisfied with the the force ghost projection battle thing with with kylo at the end i liked that so that was enough of a you know cool yeah okay Logan. that was enough of a of a cool adult like jedi master luke moment for me uh because it wouldn't be the same it it needed to be the young luke showing Mm -hmm. us all that stuff we couldn't get that back in you know the original trilogy era uh so we could have but george lucas wanted to have a freaking kid Instead of oh. making another sequel, <laughs> how dare he? I guess that's true. Jerk. Loser. Your family, George. Come back to us. Come play with us, Georgie. But so, yeah, I think that uh, that payoff, like him just slicing up everybody, and seeing like just him sling like the uh, it's that big. Um, block and hits the droid at the uh, wall and then he crushes like the last one it's like it's like that you're at the end of the game and you've unlocked all your powers and it's like the (laughs) hallway leading to the boss and you're just like bitch I got the key get out of my way (laughs) and he's just slapping everybody bro it was such a cool payoff and just I think it'll get I don't think it'll get overlooked it'll get you know it's recognition, but just that father and son moment that they had was so good. Just when he takes his helmet off and just like any type of like hardness, I guess you could say from like season one to now, he's like become a father, you know, in this I've, span. It's just, I've asked Rev this before, and I want to ask you this, Drew. Now that you're a father, do these moments hit you different? Yeah. No matter what it is, whether it's Stranger Things, yeah. Lord of the Rings, whatever it always. is. Always. Always. Yeah. And to go back to the reason I asked you that question is because these last 10 minutes of this episode took a lot of malice out of my heart for the sequel. Good. Took malice out. I'll still tell you my issues with them, but it did take a lot of my malice away because I got to see what Luke was, what Luke should have been, you know. So they gave it to me. I would like mindset to wise and nerd culture wise and everything wise, 
is a what have you done for me lately mindset people will remember mm-hmm. this at the end now yes like yeah. game of thrones if eight season eight would didn't happen and wasn't the last thing you would still be talking about game of thrones just mm-hmm. like what have you done for me lately is it going to end good is it going to you know end great and then we have that taste in our mouth we're like bro we need more of this because if it so like if we got like a sour ending i don't know how because the show is so popular now mm-hmm. but you would just look at it and be like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like, but what we talked about with Supernatural is they would have had to just go out of their way to screw the finale. Mm-hmm. You know, they would have purposely had to go out of their way to mess up Mando 2 season finale. Yeah. And, they, you know, because it's, our, it's become such an icon already. And I said in our live reaction video on for Patreon, um, Mando just went up here. You sent us in our group text a a list. There's epic, and then there's mm-hmm. great, and then there's good, and then there's bad. Mandalorian just went from great to epic. It's mm-hmm. up there in the list for me now. Yeah. And top tier all the absolutely. way. It's top tier all the way. But that's not it, kids. No, it's not it. Because we got a post credit scene. Mm. Yes. So we're back on Tatooine. We see the two sons. Camera scrolls to show Jabba's palace. And we see Finnick, or a shadow over at first, and <laughs> and uh, Bib Fortuna, who was like Jabba's lackey, <laughs> who we thought was dead. We've got Crazy. another resurrection this season, Bib Fortuna. <laughs> I he very popped out of the grave. Yeah. So he is now the leader back. of the Hut gang. He's <laughs> fat. And he has this, uh, he's sitting in the chair and he's got a slave, just like Jabba did, just like Leia was. And so we see this shadow and he sends two of the, what were the creatures, Juice? The pig creatures? Gamorians. Gamorians. He sends two to go check out what's going on and we hear two blasts. And Finnick just walks in. And there's this awkward moment of, hello? Like, yes. Did we order cookies? Did What are you doing here? Who are you? And then all of a sudden, we see the shadow of Boba Fett. And he comes down. And Fortuna's like, Boba! He's like, I always knew you were alive. <laughs> like, that's like every fan. Every fan at that moment was like, we did too, big guy. We did too. And he just stares at him, shoots him in the chest, takes his throne. Boba sits on the throne. Then we get, go to Black and we get a writing, The Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. Mm. Rev, your thoughts? I was super stoked, man, because I was curious to see, which, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, if this is like, a cutoff of Mando for a while. And then we're going into like the series of, of Boba Fett now, and then they'll put it on pause, but to see him like stand up at the end, because he has already had his like kind of kick-ass moment to say he's kind of back. Mm-hmm. And just to see King Boba just sitting up there on the throne. I already said, like, if there's like a hot moment I want from this show, it's throne Boba. That would be so cool. You know what Does I anyone it? else... 
Was anyone else nervous when Finnick was standing on the the grate in front mm-hmm. of the the dais there? I was like, no, don't stand on that. There's a, there's a big hole down there. Uh, yeah, like Logan was just saying, I, I was kind of thinking too. Like, what if season three of the Mandalorian is the book, like the book of Boba Fett, and we have time away from Mando and the child, and we get to see like next time we get the teenage baby Yoda that I've been wanting to see, like where he's talking. And stuff like that, you know. Maybe that's that's what I was thinking was going to happen. But apparently, the Boba Fett is going to be a totally separate thing, and it's coming out around the same time as as Mando. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, I think wow. I think they're going to be. It's going to be like an alternating week thing. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. going to be like a. From what I've read, it's it's probably going to be a one season, eight episode, done. I'm okay Just with to that. answer questions. And I think that's fine because we've got yeah. him. Answer the questions. Show us what he does. And then maybe we get him in Mando 3 or whatever. Maybe then we'll get our Mace Windu thing. Lord. <laughs> you know? What if he's who killed Just him? Just think like, because I'm worried here after, after everything we've seen this season, it's like, what's left? How can they top it? You know, each show needs its own luke skywalker coming down the hallway moment like they all need something like that mm-hmm. mace windu showing up in a boba fett show that could be it so how many years do they have to play with juice before kylo destroys the temple oh, like 30 30 years i think so yeah so i mean we could get a time jump yeah between now could and be. the next mando we could get a little bit of a time jump it drops us into the middle of the mandalore war part two and we get grand admiral Thrawn. whatever they decide to do i'm here for it Mm -hmm. i'm all in some familiar faces in this and this this one well technically one of them's not a familiar face he's a familiar body <laughs> uh the comms officer this girl that's been in every episode that moff gideon's been in uh is played by katie m o'brien now she has been seen in z nation agents of shield halt and catch fire the walking dead black lightning and she was Aisha, the yellow Power Ranger, in an independent film called Power Rangers Zenith. Hmm. Have you seen it? It's like yeah. dark and gritty. It's is it like, the one where he, like, he's interrogating Tommy in the beginning or something? Mm-hmm. It's Rocky. Okay, so yeah, Rocky's I've interrogating seen, yeah. Tommy. I've seen she it. plays Aisha in that. Okay. And she's actually, and she's one of the lakeside girls in The Walking Dead. She's in about five or six episodes. Hmm. Is that what they're called? The Lakeside Women? I can't remember. Yeah. And she's a pretty big role in Black Lightning as well. Um, So this other one, Max Lloyd-Jones, was the body double for Luke Skywalker in the final scene of this episode. He's been in Once Upon a Time, Switched at Birth, Teen Wolf, Eye Zombie, and I'll give you a guess, Juice. What else do you think? Supernatural. Oh, you got it. Supernatural. Season five, episode nine, three minutes and 52 seconds in. 
Well, All right. Season three. Ah. One episode. I think it's season. I looked it up. It's like season three, episode six or something like that. Everybody we named out from Supernatural, they like just pop up at that second we always make up and say. They're just like the old Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but yeah, he was the body, the person fighting and the person standing there that they digitally put young, young Mark Hamill's face on. Oh, good job there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Good, good job. job Max. Quite a bit of trivia here. The launch sequence of the TIE Fighters is shot to resemble those of the colonial vipers from the original Battlestar Galactica, 1978. Just going, yeah, no, the, the way they came out the middle. Oh, okay. They did that to pay homage to Battlestar Galactica, which Bo-Katan was in, not the 1978 Katie, one. Katie <laughs> the episode aired on the fifth anniversary of episode seven, Force Awakens. I knew that. Bib Fortuna is seen holding the staff, which came with the 1983 Kenner action figure, but was never actually seen in Return of the Jedi. Oh, nice. After the credit scene teases Boba Fett's miniseries spinoff, which began filming sometime after the character's return was teased in the first episode of the second season. It will be called The Book of Boba Fett and will premiere. So they started shooting after his debut episode. Little teaser. Sneaky Disney. Tell me. This was the first live action appearance of Luke Skywalker in TV since the Muppet show, The Stars of Star Wars in 1980. That's crazy. This episode marks the first time in which no on no concept artwork was shown at the end of the credits. I did notice that. I was Mm -hmm. missing it. Would have been cool to see some concept art of Luke. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke uses a one-arm lightsaber style now, more similar to his father, Darth Vader. This frees up other, his other hand to use the Force to push or crush dark troopers he fights. With R2-D2's appearance at the end of this episode, he becomes the only Star Wars character to appear in every Star Wars movie or series, including The Clone Wars and Rebels, with Solo being the only exception. So R2-D2 now has made history. Look at that little droid. Look at him go. The Mandalorian opens Said the airlock. Not to nothing. <laughs> 3PO thinks he's junk. Look <laughs> at me now, 3PO. The Mandalorian opens the airlock to blow the remaining dark troopers out into space. This was done almost shot for shot, uh, where Ripley uses the same technique in Alien to do the same thing. Additionally, the music in this scene is reminiscent of James Horner's music from Alien when this moment is happening. So they have you not noticed that in season two they have purposely paid homage to all the great stuff like Alien, Indiana Jones, Terminator, stuff like that. They've purposely been throwing in homages. Predator. We got to see Heat Seeking Vision. But that's been purposeful. They wanted to pay homage to the great sci-fi's views. Like, did you be like, okay, there's R2. I know for a fact that he's been in everything. Uh, I didn't think about it, but I had thought before that 3PO and R2 are in almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed it before. I did notice the no concept art, but I knew there was going to be something coming. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I wonder if Jay and Silent Bob was based off of them. 
consciously. R2 and R2-D2. I would imagine uh, that Kevin Smith. Dang, that connection right there, bro. I thought you, of that. If you watch Kevin Smith documentaries and if you listen to him, Dan Silent Bob are based off them in high school together. I know, but like, like subconsciously, was, like he's been a Star Wars fan forever, right? Maybe. The skinny, maybe. tall, like when one that doesn't shut up and R2-D2 never talks. I can see. Oh, it. Dang. Okay. If I ever get a question with him, that's my question I'm asking. He'll probably be like, that's a great fucking question, man. Give it up for him. Give him four free tickets to the, <laughs> to the movie theater. Give, give me my shit sign, too. <laughs> I'll give him my Bud Light seltzer. Bro, that amazes me right now. Like, it's probably how it was created. I guarantee there's concept art out there as, as R2 and 3PO dressed as Jaren Tunnel Bob. Yeah. Okay, we can move along. That's like blowing my <laughs> mind right there. I need to tell him. So, final thoughts. Juice, where do you go from here? <laughs> Looks like they're going in about a dozen different directions. Soka show. Where uh, do you? If I give you the keys, if I give you the, the money, what do oh, you do? Oh, man. Well, I think that we're going to have to see Mando going off with Bo-Katan. Maybe he's going to go help with the whole Mandalore thing. Uh, especially since he has the dark saber, that's that's really leaving things open for that. So I think you continue that story, the Mandalore story. Uh, maybe we see a side story. Maybe we see uh, little baby Yoda training. I don't know. I don't know. Or should that be a mystery? I have no. I have no idea. I'm just excited about whatever it's going to be, and I'm here for it. Sidebar: Do you bring back? The Froggingtons. Uh, yeah, the true heroes of this season are the the Froggington family. So, if there's not yeah, bonus season. footage somewhere of their wedding and everybody going and attending, the whole group from the finale episode <laughs> go to the wedding. It's like <laughs> Mandalorian season two point five, the Froggingtons wedding. <laughs> Animated series <laughs> coming next year on Disney Plus. Star Wars shorts, like Disney shorts. I think they will turn up. Literally, I do think they'll turn up in something someday. Mm-hmm. Just as a little, <laughs> huh, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rev, who do you bring into season three to keep the hype going, like Luke did? I don't know, man. Seeing like the culture of like flashbacks of like a man, like if it is like the Mandalorian like war type deals like it would be cool to go back and see some of like mandalore history like when they're on top trying to take over mm-hmm. maybe like introduce because everybody loves the mandos the look and everything like that so maybe enrich that history and because we don't know much about them you know maybe give us some live action versions of the little bit of mandalorian stuff we get in Clone wars well if we get flashbacks of mandalorian wars we can introduce Revan. That's how we get older, Republic. I blame. But maybe. Who knows? What do you think, Juice? Yeah. I think uh I think we will see Revan at some point. That's my question. Know. Like, what's the main like so this announcement obviously has turned Star Wars strictly into shows and no movies on the horizon at all. 
So what's going to be like the main movie for Star Wars, you think, that's popping up next? Well, we're getting Rogue Squadron. The Rogue Squadron movie, they're doing Directed that. Directed by uh, Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman. That's the only I mean, like your, movie movie. Yeah, yeah, but like your main meat and potatoes has been the Skywalker saga, right? That's done. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, what's next? Like, what's the main next I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from you. I do the Knights. I do the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, this is my next franchise to to tell. In the you think they do something with the Sith, like where they're like the main, like the rule of two, person? like where it wasn't before it was the rule of two, or just like Darth Bane setting it up, or like just some some like Sith side. You know what I'm saying, like a dark side movie. Do you, do you like think they're highlighted, highlighted? Do you think that that sells? Do you think that yeah. we've gotten enough of the, let's say, we're over here, okay? We're Star Wars over here. These new sequels brought in these new fans, okay? And they might have seen the old movies before, you know, their parents are like, well, before we go see these, you need to see the ones I grew up to. Mm-hmm. You know, they've <laughs> seen them. But do you think we have enough people in now to where we can say, okay, we're going to flip the script and show you the dark side of things, where these characters come from? Who, you know, let's show them Pelagus, let's show them Darth Revan, Darth Bane, mm-hmm. Darth Malak, all of them. And I think that uh, they know there's a lot of fans of those games out there. They're not the old Republic mm-hmm. uh, guys like us who grew up playing that, and. Um, that stuff really aged well and uh people have and right now like we talk all the time about how uh you know stuff from your childhood and and all that what's the word i'm looking for uh nostalgic nostalgia nostalgia sells majorly you know Mm -hmm. and uh with the the budget that they have and the quality of the stuff they're producing right now they could really do well with that on youtube you can search knights of the old republic the cinematics and they have like scripted them together like a movie it's just the cinematics from the game set up like a movie and if you go back and watch those it just makes you think like god do this do this live action please for the love of god cast these characters and do this story because the the action sequences alone and the characters they introduced like the little girl i mean the little blue girl? Yeah, cat, cast Millie Bobby Brown. Make her blue. No, she's got to be Leia, dude. That's true. Okay, cast somebody. <laughs> think we ever get a Leia solo? Yes. Film? I think we need we've, something. We've put it, Juice and I have put it out in the ether enough to where I think it will take hold. The butterfly effect will take hold. Have... Uh, solo, like I'm sure I haven't seen that yet, but I'm sure it's pretty close to a buddy cop film. You got to have like the other side of the coin where it's like a cool, like political story. Princess of Alderaan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they just listen to us and cast Millie Bobby Brown while they can. She'd be perfect. And just freaking do it. Do it. Just do it. Don't Uh, let today become tomorrow. Let your dreams be dreams. Do it. So moving on from here, 
I want to talk a little bit about speculation of Obi-Wan, just for a little bit, because talking with uh, some other people on Twitter and stuff, there are a lot of people who have said, like, if in Obi-Wan, we don't get the live action death of Darth Maul, they've dropped the ball. A lot of people were upset with that, though. Really? Yeah, it was kind of. It was like literally three moves. Literally three he, moves. He did the move that killed Qui-Gon. Yeah, well, split him. Yeah. So Split him right between the sabers. So how do you want this to play out? We've got really nothing but a teaser, and they're about to start filming. So, Juice, what do you – I know we've made the jokes. You know, I'm not going to make any jokes. But what do you want to see come out of it that we don't know? You know, I haven't thought a whole lot about the Obi-Wan thing because I'm wondering what they're going to do and how they're going to do it because we're kind of led to believe that in the first Star Wars when Obi-Wan shows up on the Death Star, that's the first time that Vader kind of knew he was still around. Mm -hmm. So for them to have some type of encounter before that, it would be 10 years after Episode Three which would be about 10 years before the first Star Wars. So it would like, destroy the continuity. I mean, not necessarily because maybe something happens in the show and Vader thinks he's dead then because Vader never actually saw him die. He just knows, you know, he left him there to burn up on Mustafar, right? Mm. So he knows he's out there. So maybe he's searching for him and maybe he finds him and he thinks that he kills him. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to say, Rick? Uh, I want to see Grievous to go that far back. I don't know the timeline, but I would love to see Grievous as well. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, that's like his like one of his biggest enemies. Didn't Grievous die? Did he die? When's the timeline, though, set in this? Ten years, this right after ten years after episode three. Yes. Yeah, so a flashback of Grievous. <laughs> Or a dream. Mall though, definitely. Him, that would be so cool. You see him having a nightmare, sleeping by a campfire, and you just hear General Kenobi. Well, I think the the way that we've seen these Star Wars like shows play out, it's always like a web, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure they have an idea of like you introduce Maul, then you go that spider web. So it, it would be easy to like connect those and then have something come off of it. So why do you think they're hesitating to give us Darth Maul solo, like a solo Darth Maul movie or show? I think it's do a movie about a villain. I think. Yeah, that's like the question we just asked. If it was like, you know, are they like technically ready for the dark side of things? Mm-hmm. So, because I think George too, he's always you know said like his messages is you can do my stories to a certain extent, but always leave it where there's room for hope, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it would technically go with the creed. Maul would be a good connection with uh, Ahsoka too. Because they always have like good back and forth. He's already dead. Yeah. I'm very confused time. about this timeline. <laughs> the Ahsoka the Ahsoka timeline is going to be during Mando. Mm-hmm. Oh. Maul's right. dead before uh, Star Wars. Yeah, well, never mind. 
I'm 10 years too late on all my ideas. <laughs> so these are great questions, I think, uh, to pose. Uh, if, if you're listening to this and you have thoughts, questions, suggestions, you know, hit us up on Twitter, use the hashtag Badcast Company, find us on Facebook. Uh, we love talking Star Wars. Thank you so much for tuning into this. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a very nerdy Christmas, gentlemen. I hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters, everyone who keeps in contact with us on social media. Always remember, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>